You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha drove me here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Wow, 11 viewers right off the bat. I thought we would have zero since it's Canadian Thanksgiving, and uh, well, more importantly, down south, the Vikings are playing what the Seahawks this weekend. So I mean, Sunday night football, man. So Sunday night football. How all those on the West Coast who uh, you know maybe aren't doing Thanksgiving tonight or doing it tomorrow, they're watching the Seahawks game. They're not watching the Soda Pod. But for those who are, for those fellow Canadians that who are, I mean, cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Canadian Thanksgiving. Let's go, baby. <sighs> Woo! I got my Canadian hoodie on and everything. Welcome to the Soda Pod. Episode 91. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? How's it going, Hoppy? It's going great, man. Went out and actually uh, tried hunting grouse for the first time this weekend. This is not a a high point, though. Um, Didn't know what a grouse looked like going into it, and can confirm I still don't know because we didn't see shit. That was a perfect segue. They look kind of like this. You didn't (laughs) shoot my brothers, did you? (laughs) They look kind of like pigeons. Oh, I didn't shoot a single one of them, so it's okay. I used to go grouse hunting uh, when I lived up in Prince George growing up, which is with my uh, slingshot. We'd shoot him in the heads with rocks and then take him home. One actually flew into my window one, one time and just instantly died. My grandpa, you know, cooked it up for, uh, for a little afternoon snack. It's a lot easier, actually. Have you ever had grouse meat before? No, I've, I mean, I've heard it's fine, but I usually hunt pheasant. Okay. I, I think grouse meat's like, honestly, it's underrated. I think it's better than chicken. You just obviously don't get a lot in a single bird. Yeah, they're small. Tiny, tiny. But yeah, I remember just like eight, nine, and 10 with my little slingshot just like posted up. And then uh, I went, I used to go hunting with a buddy of mine. Shout out uh, Raymond and Andrew Lowe. And uh, one time to just, Raymond, even as little kids, he would fuck with us all the time. Whether it was like he'd put you in front of like the, you know, the dining room window and be like, oh, look, hummingbird. And like make you look and you just get so pissed off. Or he'd like put on like, you know, Halloween masks and like scare you from around the corner. And he'd like terrify me. And then I was, you know, so shooting grouse and what whatnot with my slingshot as a kid, you know, posted up. We'd see one getting ready for the kill. And suddenly, boom, shoots one of the shotgun, poof. And it would scare the hell out of us. Oh, man, not only would, like, the, the noise of the shotgun, you know, startle us, but suddenly you'd see, poof, your kill just go up and Just gone. Feathers. Yep. Yeah. Oh, st- uh, State of Hockey News, our friend uh, Derek Felks says, a Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, gents. I think I had a grouse once as a kid. It's a fairly small bird. Yes, it's, it's a small bird indeed. Um, so I'm one beers down. I also got the vino going. Uh, shout out Sam, uh, my roommate. He's a uh, he's a wine connoisseur and expert. Oh, uh, Nick Flores, th- happy Thanksgiving! Thank you, Nick. Um, and basically now he's you know doing a bunch of testing, wine tastings, testings, reviewing. And if he cracks a bottle and he doesn't necessarily like it, he's just been handing it off to me and uh, our other fellow roommates. So I got this bottle of red, uh, a 2017 uh, Pinot Noir. I'm gonna bring in as my uh, hoppy hour special. 
But speaking of the hoppy hour, we got that first on tap, and then we have some poll questions we're going to run down as well. Uh, then we'll get into our open phone segment. We have two voicemails to run down uh, today, one with, of course, Drunk Greg. Uh, we'll get into all things free agency. Uh, there's some NHL news and trades that uh, we're just going to kind of play by ear. We'll go through the free agency list, highlight and talk about the ones that, that we like, don't like, or that we just want to dive into. Um, and if we have time, any other NHL, Minnesota Wild news, uh, we'll we'll touch on that as well. And before we close out, um, just kind of a random topic here. We don't have a guest this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, producer Pigeon, he'll pop in and out of the, of the conversation, I'm sure. But I was curious to get Hoppy's take and extend this to the listeners and those tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, and Twitter. What are your top three, you know, uh, early 2000s, late 90s, TV shows. Um, obviously, we kind of said like Family Guy and Simpsons, South Park. They're they're like kind of the goats, so they're 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 off the list. So we wanted to dive in uh, to a couple others. I being Canadian, I mean, I could have I could have dished out a few Canadian classics, but uh, obviously Hoppy here would kind of not know what the hell I was talking about. Well, so I went with Canadian shows. Well, I mean, I went with one uh, that you know poppy poo poo died off the bat but we'll get into all that and more <laughs> in the final segment let's uh let's hop into uh the first segment of the show where i can get into some vino the hoppy hour first i'd like to propose a toast to umd goaltender alex stalak to stalak i love that stuff been drinking it for years you know i, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it well, you're all hopped out happy canadian thanksgiving <laughs> what do you got on tap tonight Oh, actually, when I was watching uh, Stick Hungry podcast, everyone should check them out during their live stream earlier. Hell of a producer. Uh, I had, I think it might be like our new beer that sponsors this podcast at some point. We've got to work on it, but the Immortal Toast. Um, but now, um, after I went out to uh, Portage Brewing this weekend, once again, I don't know if you saw that poll, Isha, just on everything that I was trying, but picked up this sweet glass from them. Oh, nice. Got the trees all the way around. It looks better in person than it does on the video but uh didn't get any of their beer to bring back with me uh because the ones that i liked weren't available to go but actually decided to crack open one of my favorite beers uh you obviously know how much i like the folks over at back channel brewing um out in neck of the woods i grew up in love hockey make phenomenal beers great tap room and this is the best beer that they've ever made hands down it's called oh, wow. nananana it is no, no, no. take take a guess, Isha. Take a guess what the base ingredient is. Oh, I guess. oh amazing. This is and to be honest, I I'm sworn to secrecy, but I talked to two of the owners when I was waiting to get it when they had their bottle release for it, and uh, I found out what the secret ingredient is that makes this beer just that much better. That's again, I mean they've got the peanut butter, banana, cacao. It's phenomenal beer but um apparently there's one secret ingredient that i would have never guessed on my life and uh well we'll see if they ever come on with us i'm gonna try and egg them into sharing it <laughs> i thought i thought you were gonna break it here i was like oh oh oh, oh, oh it's coming them. can't do it to them um well i got going on here uh well, right after i bombed through a, a glitter bomb um it's a product of romania pinot noir uh uh, Chevalier de Dijonis? I don't fucking know, man. Anyways, apparently Sam... Yeah, apparently Sam said it was crap. Uh, that was his review. I mean, I don't know. I think it's okay. 
Um, I like more of a sweet, like this is a pretty dry red wine. Not to say that I like sweet wines at all, really. I I could go with a, you know, a non-sweet one. This one's a little bit more on the dry side. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge Pinot Noir (laughs) fan per se. I'm more of the, the, the Cabernets. And actually, Sammy right now is putting me on to, if you know a thing or two about rosés, like, holy crap, we cracked open another one the other night. Um, I actually took a picture of it here and I was going to read off the name, but I cannot pronounce that. So I'm going to put that on the shelf until he joins us again. But, uh, it was a Romanian, um, it it was a Romanian rosé and that one was awesome. This though, I mean, I can't complain. I'm getting free wine, uh, a little too dry for my liking. Um, but again, if you like a Pinot Noir, uh, I guess I could, uh, I could say it's seven out of 10 if you, if you're on, if you, if you like Pinot Noirs, um, but again. Cali cabs for me, and I'm kind of opening the door to uh, more of the European rosés. Um, getting a little fancy here, but I, I dig it because I always, you know, I, I thought I was one who kind of judged. I was one who, you know, thought the stereotype was, you know, whoever drinks rosés, you know, you know, a white girl probably. You know, that was the stereotype when you think rosé. And to be honest, you know, the last few white girls that were my uh, that I dated all liked rosé as well and they didn't like a lot of the reds and whites so I'm just like okay it's a stereotype maybe out here on the west coast and in college but if you really dive deep into it it's some of the best tasting wine that I've had uh, since I've really started to enjoy enjoy the stuff so anyways that's my contribution to the hoppy hour yeah and my understanding too with rosé is I'm not a huge wine guy but I can certainly like dabble on occasion but like rosés just have such a bad reputation like everyone thinks that it's like so cut and dry and like what you get for a five or ten dollar bottle is the same type of style you're going to get for the more expensive ones and it's just not at all true it's like a completely different kind of wine yeah it's it's awesome and from what sammy's kind of told me about it there's so much room to play with it much like you know in in the beer world uh well, anything, anything but a stout these days. The hazy IPAs, uh, the pale ales, you know, a lot a lot of flavors to add to mix and match, whereas uh, the traditional stuff, you don't really want to go off the board, um, which I kind of find with, with reds, you can't really go off the board too much. You're either more of a berry-dominated or you're more of like the dry side and you try to sprinkle in other flavors. White you can get creative with and rosé, holy shit, like... Man, a whole new, uh, a whole new door. Now he's giving me like tips. He's like, okay, like if you if you go out with a girl who knows a thing about wine, this is what you have to buy and bring. If if one doesn't know about wine, you want to go and cheap. This is what still tastes good. I'm like, Sam, you're a fucking godsend, dude. I love this. Just make sure that he's on speed dial for that one. Just pop to the bathroom real quick. Like, all right, here's the breakdown. Here's the girl I'm with. Here's what her vibe is. Yeah, the, this is what's on the menu. <laughs> um, Derek Felks uh, joining us in the live stream says, what would a Marco Rossi beer taste like? Oh. Um, I think it'd be, a, it, it'd be an acquired taste. It would be a little bit more exotic, but it would be a real quick sipper to go along with that speed, but it would hit a little bit because obviously, you know, I, mean, I think we all saw the legs and uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but I was recently featured on uh, Russo's podcast where he actually posed my question to his guest regarding Marty St. Louis versus Marco Rossi's legs. So <laughs> I actually haven't, to- <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. So uh, um, I'll have to tune in. Uh, although, you know what? I just did some quick research. Uh, Austrian beer, the the three top Austrian selling beers right now are traditional um, light lagers, uh, Hefeweizen uh, based. They call it the the Weiss the Weiss beer, which is it's said in brackets. It's similar to a Hefeweizen. And other specialty beers right now, a big seller, grapefruit. So there you go. So I think Marco Rossi would drink any of those three. You, you could go with almost like a grapefruit 
based Berliner Weiss then. Yes. I would, yes. would work. I like that. By the All way, right. I'm usually uh, I usually have the appropriate glasses for white and red wine, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in the Hockey Podcast Network studio right now. I have no glasses. I have a water bottle. I'd rather just drink it. So don't don't judge me. No, don't judge me thinking I'm an unclassy Canadian here. I'm as classy as they come. I just haven't had a haircut in a couple of weeks, and I don't have a, a glass classy for the wine. Classy as they come? Jesus. Yeah. So that's, hey, setting, uh, that's, that's a low bar you're setting for Canadians. <laughs> well, you're going off of weird styles here too, Isha. So... One of the beers that I had on that flight from Portage Brewing Company was a labeled as a fall IPA. Like they literally go out of their way to like list throughout that it's like autumnal. It's got earthy warming malt and stuff. <laughs> it's actually surprisingly good. I went in thinking I was going to hate it and it was, it was good. Derek Felix says I'm first class. So again, low bar. Shut the fuck up, haters. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Oh man, I, I can't wait to uh, to bring. So we got some more uh, some brewery guests lined up uh, in the next couple weeks here. Uh, you know, one locally in Minnesota and one uh, knock on wood uh, from Vancouver Island. Uh, Nick Floor says a cut above the rest. All right, guys, like this is the soda pod. They ain't the fucking Isha show. All right, not to not to toot my own horn. Circle <laughs> Too much here. Um, let's uh, let's move on to uh, well. A segment that I know Shane, who is going to come on, and I know exactly what he's going to comment. He's Shane Van Nice, one of the one of our regular listeners. He's going to come on and be like, "Yo, I didn't get the Facebook uh, notification. I'm just listening now." Uh, he says that every time. That's what's going to happen. But uh, hopefully, he goes back and listens to this. Um, at the Soda Pod, wherever you get your podcasts from. And again, thanks for those tuning in and out of the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We're going to jump to our open phone segment right after uh, a quick word from our friends at the Bolts broadcast. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony. Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N E U E N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know, I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh no, Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No. <laughs> We were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network.
And we are back. Uh, we are diving into the open phone segment. Uh, for those who are just tuning in for the first time here on the SodaPod via podcast or live stream, or those who've joined us in the past, this is a, like a semi-regular segment. Basically, when we get a couple or a, a banger voicemail from our regular in Drunk Greg, uh, we'll feature this uh, segment on kind of a slower day again. There's football going on. It's Canadian Thanksgiving um, we couldn't really round up a guest this week, but we got a few in the works coming for you. So we felt like it was a good uh, good time to dive into the open phone. Uh, we have two voicemails for you. Uh, first one coming from uh, our friend Nick Floor. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Nick from the Stick Hungry Podcast. I was just uh, had a question for uh, you guys. I was wondering who's going to win that uh, goaltender battle between Staylock and Cam Talbot, and why the hell would you even bring Cam Talbot in? Have a good one, guys. Take it easy. All right, Hoppy, do you want to take things off or start things off? I mean, I was pretty hard on it initially, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not thrilled that Cam Talbot was the direction that we went, but it could be worse, and Dubnik is worse. But I I just had high expectations to either get someone that's a slight ring above or at least More have them on a shorter deal, you know? The, the three years for him, especially after you know Brett was pretty adamant about that when we were talking about some of the other goalies, the three stuck out to me. And then seeing some of the other goalie contracts that came through, like all being in the same price range, and to be honest, I like all those other goalies better. So that's kind of what hit me a little bit better. But I'm I don't hate it. Like it's still an improvement on last year, and you know. Kapo Kakinen is also hopefully going to be an improvement on last year. If the two of them can more or less go 50-50, like maybe it works out okay. Because again, he's going to be playing behind a better defensive team slightly than he was last year. It'll be fine. I don't know. We're not winning the Stanley Cup this year anyways, so I'm not yeah. losing my mind over it. Well, and his second part to that question, or I guess first part in that case, was uh, who wins the goaltending battle. Um, I think that there is no battle, including those two, my friend. It's Kapo Kakanen behind uh, Cam Talbot. You know what? I I wasn't a huge fan of it either because, again, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not impressed with Cam Talbot's body of work. Like... Like most of the goaltenders that come uh, come out of the Rangers system behind a Henrik Lundqvist, not necessarily tested at the level of a Henrik Lundqvist while in the Rangers, and kind of get. I think their value gets a little over. Well, they get overvalued uh, in that case, and we've seen that with a few goaltenders who've left that organization. Like nothing against uh, Rant, like Ranta, for example, with the the Arizona Coyotes, but the guy's not like the world beater that they, they thought he was going to be when he signed upon leaving the Rangers and Cam so Talbot. Been hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, the caveat there as well is the guy is always hurt. Cam Talbot, though, looked like he was the real deal or at least, you know, a 1A uh, with his time in Edmonton when they made that random run a few years ago. But he hasn't looked great ever since. I'm trying to get Brad Brew to the Flames Unfiltered podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network on just to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, well, a little bit about Cam Talbot because he, you know, followed him uh, closely when he was with the Flames. But one thing that I thought was interesting, and I heard this um, in Minnesota media, was he was also offered a two-year deal. He was offered both. They were just structured different, and he he took. Well, the, right, the it was going to be for more money for two years. Yeah, and he took the three-year deal. So that just kind of tells me that this is a bridge, right? This is to someone who can take the reins, you know, and be the starter first, 
while Kalkinen can kind of ease his way into the NHL. And let's let's hope by season two, season three of this deal, that Kalkinen is the starter, or at least like the 1A to Talbot 1B sort of thing. Like that that's the plan, I think, moving forward. I don't think Staylock's a Minnesota Wild in the future. No, but it's good to have him there as that number three guy right now in case either of the other two go down because he is a fully capable number two goalie. He's he has one more out. year on his contract? I believe this is his last year. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, coming coming into camp with those three, obviously management wants Kakanen to win that spot, um, but if he needs a, a little bit of seasoning, mind you, if there's an AHL, um, oh, that's the thing. Like, if things get a little complicated there, they could just ride with three goalies. I, I don't know how the NHL is actually going to rework that rule for goaltenders because you'd, you'd have to think that maybe they allow an extra one to stay on just because the one that you would call up can't necessarily just be flown in from Europe if there's not an American league. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of spitballing here. Um, any other comments from that caller? Can we move on to the star of this segment? Do your thing, man. All right. Here's uh, here's Drunk Greg. I haven't listened to this one yet, by the way. Hey there, boys. It's uh, Greg calling in. Just checking in on you. Been uh, off the booze for about four days. Been uh, trying out that devil's lettuce. It's got me all kind of fucked up. Walking down the freeway. It's pissing rain right now. But, uh... Guess my question is, uh, Aisha, how do you how do you focus with all this devil lettuce, bud? It's, it's got me on the freeway, soaking my balls. All right, boys, have a good one. Jesus Christ! I got a third of that. <laughs> he sounds more like Stone Greg than Drunk Greg right now. Uh, I think I think this one's a personal one. He he asked me how uh, how how do you operate under the devil's lettuce when it made him walk the streets. Uh, wherever the fuck he is. I forget where Drunk Greg's from. I'm thinking one of his first calls he told me where he's from. Um, I'm a seasoned vet and a Canadian. That's my answer. <laughs> Something like that. With less snow here on Vancouver Island. Um, <laughs> all right. We have a text and voicemail, as you all know. Uh, the open phone app, and it's it's open to all Minnesota fans in and beyond the state of hockey. Listen, it's simple. If you call us, if you leave us a voicemail, hell, if you even text us, we'll put you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact with our listeners and drunk and the drunk Gregs of the world. So don't be shy. 612-324-1684. Again, that's 612-324-1684. The number's on our Twitter page, at the Soda Pod, And, of course, support the network at HockeyPodNet. Uh, this banger of a segment, as always, is brought to you by the Open Phone app, and they give you a business phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month, and the web app is outstanding. Speaking of outstanding, go check out our friends at Cool Hockey. They have outstanding hand-stitched jerseys. CoolHockey.com slash THPN with the promo code THPN, a good Canadian brand out of Toronto. Uh, if you use the promo code, 30% off and free shipping in Canada, coolhockey.com. Uh, love that we're uh, partners with them here on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, let's get into, uh, well, the meat on the bone in regards to this episode. Uh, NHL free agency. It was a frenzy. We're going to get into it and all on the other side. Producer Pigeon is just trying to get more airtime than he's allowed here on the soda pod. Are you in, coach? 
All right, um, let's uh, let's start going through this list, Hoppy. Do you want to start from like the start of the day, or do you want to just start with some of the big names off the hop? Like, how do you want to tackle this? Uh, I guess the real question is, do we want to go good or bad? Well, I think we can kind of go all of the above. How about here? I got the start. How about the ugly? Good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I got the start of the list. Like, we'll skip over like those that like it's kind of you know we we know what was going to happen. There's some names who, let's be honest, uh, the masses and those outside the Minnesota Wild market may not even recognize. Um, I, I like the Dominic Kubalik signing from the Chicago Blackhawks. Two years, seven point four uh, million in total, three point seven cap hit. I think with or without COVID, it was going to be like a bridge contract, a prove me prove me contract from Kubalik. He still gets paid at just under four million dollars, and we saw this kid was the real deal in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So when are they going to trade him to Colorado to get the top <laughs> back? Oh, uh, two years. Once the maybe uh no, you know what the free um right on the deadline when his de- the year's deal is gonna end, a year and a half. Man, that that was the the biggest news of the weekend beyond or like weekend whatever you want to call it. But Sod being traded in the midst of all of this and no one knowing what Chicago's doing. But Dude, the uh, players don't even know what they're doing. Have you heard like all oh, the veterans like Dave Seabrook, no Taves? I'm you know Kane wasn't quoted, but. It, I, I read a quote that that said like the the leadership group the core um, is not happy with management right now in regards to the direction of this team. I'm surprised it took this long for them to speak out, but that's fair. But no, hey, I, well, I, hey, they got how much money in the bank? When you got ten million in the bank, you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayne Simmons. The opposite. It's in the bank. Say whichever you want. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Wayne Simmons signs a one year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs, one point five million dollars. Um, I like this deal. The, the Leafs clearly need a little bit more grit. They're kind of, you know, what Tampa Bay was a few years, years ago with a lot of scoring talent, a lot of speed, but nothing really, you know, in you know, down the, the depth chart that can really play hard when it comes to playoff hockey. Wayne Simmons has a pedigree of scoring goals with talented players on his line. I know he's lost a step the last few years now that he's in his 30s, but I like the sandpaper this guy uh, brings. Yeah, and they got him for a really reasonable price. When you look at what he got last year, five million. Granted, that was going to a well, a not so great market, but um, him taking the pay cut, going to Toronto, I think he fits in great there for what they need, especially after they traded out two solid, you know, middle six wingers. That like a lot of people were kind of surprised about that too. Like a team that hasn't made it past the first round. Like, why are you trading out middling players for assets? Uh, weird but he at least helps fill the void no yeah for sure um we can quickly go over just a couple of these uh bobby ryan sends a one one year one million dollar deal and this say this is <laughs> get used to this saying one year two year deals folks because that's uh it's kind of like the draft was flipped over all those like you know taylor hall was re- was just signed actually broke it on the stick hungry podcast there um uh, earlier today that he signed a one year eight million dollar deal with the buffalo sabers you know even even the big guns you know are signing these one one year deals but what i was saying before it's kind of like in, it, it was flipped usually free agency frenzy you see like the big tickets right away then the next couple days you see uh, the smaller ones well kind of all the smaller deals happened right off the bat on the, the frenzy and uh, and the bigger deals are starting to trickle in later because of well the flat cap and the COVID implications but Bobby Ryan gets a uh, gets another chance with the Detroit Red Wings decent signing uh, Patrick Maroon stays with the Tampa Bay Lightning I love this and they give him a two-year 1.8 million dollar deal uh just under a million in in cap at nine hundred thousand, and he said on Spit and Chicklets uh, earlier, I think it was like last week, that 
he knows his role. He knows his position. He knows his worth. You know, he's not necessarily chasing the money. He's chasing to stay in the league and be a contributing player. I love when I hear shit like that. And this guy's going to continue to help the Tampa Bay Lightning stay competitive. No, and good for him, too. Like, again, he's getting double what he's got in the past couple of years. He's got the two-year security. He's staying with a great team, living in a great area, having no, you know, tax. It's a win all around for him, for a guy that you look back a couple of years, he just got fucked over left and right with contracts, and now he's got two cups to show for it and a little bit of security. Um, one contract that I thought was maybe a little bit too high yet again, I'm not super familiar with his body of work. I kind of just know, well, <laughs> the shitty things about him that you hear in the tabloids and, uh, based off his dirty hits, but that's Radko Gudis signs a three year deal, $7.5 million total, a $2.5 million cap hit. I mean, it seems like, it seems like too much for a modern day goon. I'm sorry. I just don't think he's that good either. Like, no, no. He was a guy that my brother was so happy when he got shipped away from Philly. Dude, do you remember in the playoffs when he like literally took out Couturier and like he couldn't play in a game because Kudis wasn't paying any fucking attention and just leveled him? Yeah, and it's not like he helped Washington's defense either. You know, he didn't help that system at all. Uh, Kyle Turris. He signs a two-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a cap hit of 1.65. I mean, he doesn't really give a fuck what his cap hit is or what he's being paid out because the Nashville Predators are going to continue to pay this guy for the next, what is it, four to six years? That's I don't even know what the year count is, but he's making his money, and why not go to a team like this that he knows he's going to get to play because they really don't have the forward depth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a good signing, uh, whether he is even, I don't know, even a speck of what he was before he fell off. I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd like to think that he still is because I, I don't know what went on in Nashville, but there was a ton of players who underperformed. So I'm kind of curious how that team bounces back, you know, with or without some of these pieces in, you know, a Granlin or a Kyle Turris, for example. Um, I'm just scrolling up the list here. Oh, Braden Holpe. Signs a two-year deal with the Vancouver Canucks, a $4.3 million cap hit uh, per season, an $8.6 million deal in total. Why would um, they do that when they have like such a stud starting goalie already? Uh, the stud starting goalie walked, my friend. And uh, well, I'm, I'm talking about Thatcher Demko. Everyone says that he's the future. Yeah, everyone is a little... Uh, they're drinking the, the playoff Kool-Aid there. I mean, yeah. do I have to bring up the Hamburglar? Remember how clutch this guy was? And Andy Hammond, that was his name, right? Andrew yep. Hammond for the Ottawa Senators. This guy was the second comus of Jesus. And uh and now he's doing a podcast for us on the New York Rangers. <laughs> Andy Hammond. Different Andy Hammond. Oh, okay. Uh but hey, you know, he could be doing a podcast right now. We don't know because he ain't playing uh, in the he's NHL. Not I don't even know if he's playing professional hockey anymore. Um Thatcher Demko, again, a prospect, looks great. All the tools are there. He is by no means ready to be a starter. Uh, I don't blame the Vancouver Canucks for giving out the Louis Erickson special, the 6x6 six six to, to Jacob Markstrom, but that's what it costs to have uh, apparently one of the best goaltenders in the league. At first, when I looked at this deal, I was like, ah, Braden Holpe, like he's had terrible numbers the last three years. If you dive into a lot of his analytics, like he's has been at the bottom of the league for two to three years, um, but it's only a two-year deal. So... Whether Demko rises to the occasion, I'm sure Holpe doesn't really care at this point if he's a backup or not. He just wants to play, and he's getting paid $4.3 million. 
Yeah, and it's going to be just like the Wild. It's going to be basically a 50-50 yeah. split until one of the two gives a reason for it to become more of a exactly. split than that. But like, it's nowhere near the cap hit that I thought he was going to command just given his body of work. Because, again, I'm with you. Like, The numbers don't look great in recent years, but I don't know for that cap hit for two years, like totally worth the dice roll to have yep. him, you know, potentially be the one B if Demko can show out. No, what 100%. What concerns me is he didn't look good when defensive systems broke down in Washington and he had to face a lot more shots and shots from prime scoring areas. That's when his numbers actually dipped, right? Because in a system, he actually looked pretty damn good. And again, when Braden Holby first came into the league, he's one of the best. Vancouver Canucks, they don't have a very good defensive system to start with. Last year, Jacob Markstrom carried that team most nights. And uh, their defense just got gutted as we will continue to run down as I move up the list here uh, in a little bit. So I'm a little bit concerned, uh, you know, Ian Clark for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the defensive coach, he he does wonders. I mean, we saw what he did in Columbus with uh, Bobrovsky and he's goaltending coach, goaltending coach sorry, uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So who knows? You know, if he can work his magic on Holpe, um, but I'm very interested for someone who follows the Vancouver Canucks. Closely. Well, just transition into that right away. You should go at everyone that's walked from Vancouver and what percentage of them have gone to Calgary. I would say this year, like fucking 50%, man. Math guy. <laughs> Too many, too many. Uh, but I'm just kind of moving up the list. We'll get into more Vancouver uh, <laughs> players who walked and left to Calgary in a, in a little bit here. But we'll stay on the goaltender train. Uh, Anton Hudobin signs a three-year, $10 million deal, uh, cap it at $3.3 million with the Dallas Stars. I love it. You know, they kept him at a reasonable deal. I thought this was kind of the cap it that he was going to get if he went to any other team anyways. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad uh, that uh, Dobby got three years because this guy absolutely proved that he uh, that he deserved it. Yeah, and I mean, again, at that cap hit, they might as well keep him. That's yep. one of those deals that came up that I mentioned before where I'd rather have him than Talbot because they're basically making, they're getting I the know. same deal. But it, I mean, hey. Dude, from, from both the Canucks and Wild like fan perspective... I wanted him on either of the teams. Like, I was like, please sign Hudobin. Like, I would have picked Hudobin over a Holpe if you're given... Like, I would have given this contract to Hudobin over the two to Holpe if I was a Vancouver Canucks. And I'd say the same thing in Minnesota. You give him the three-year deal. And I guess the real question comes down to, was he ever going to leave Dallas unless he got more than that? True. You know? True. The one thing I will say about Cam Talbot, and it's what Billy Guerin came out and said, I forget if it was in a Russo article or something else that I, that I listened to or read, but he said that they actually did their due diligence and targeted a goaltender that fit, whose playing style and strengths uh, best fit their system, their defensive system, and Cam Talbot was that guy. So if it's that calculated, I'm very much interested and, and kind of excited to see, okay, you, you've... You know, you've sold them. You know, I, I'm sold. I, I'm, I'm I'm ready to see it. I'm excited to see uh, if that, you know, plays out uh, to what Billy Guerin alluded it would. Yeah, and again, to this point, this is the only thing that Guerin's really done that I've questioned. So at this point, I'm giving him benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens this year. I don't know. He signed Greenway. I had a little question there. but You got to do that, though. He's going to be moved. He's going to yeah. be moved this year. Uh, Matt Murray, your boy. He signs four years in Pittsburgh, $25 million to no, total no, deal. That, that did not happen. No? He signed in Ottawa. Oh, Ottawa. What did I say? Pittsburgh. Oh, no, sorry. He, <laughs> Hoppy wish he signs in Pittsburgh. Signed in Ottawa upon being traded. Second round pick. 
by the way. I think we covered that in the last podcast. Uh, $25 million, $6.25 million cap it. Hoppy, you got you got your answer of why he didn't stay in Pittsburgh. The Penguins were not going to be able to pay this much to this guy, and clearly this is what he wanted. Yeah, but I, I'd still argue if it's a different team, it's maybe not this contract. Like A million less, maybe, though. And I know it makes a difference. I know it makes a difference. Ottawa's trying to, you know, hit the cap floor and they have room they're trying to spend to on a number one. Floor. They're trying to convince him to stay. They're letting him know he's their guy. And I do think this is a change of scenery. Like, while he'll be pissed initially that he's going from a contender to one of the bottom teams, like, he is the guy, finally. Like, there's no debate to it. And you know what? They're showing that they have faith in him. And from their perspective, again, they need to hit the cap floor. The next four years, they are not contending for shit. So this is basically four years for him to get them through and be their guy. And if he can prove himself out beyond that, maybe he stays. Either way, they're pretty much looking at their window starting best case in four years anyways. So at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter for them. Can you imagine? Like, you're a young player on this team, and that's like that's the way your team's set up. Oh, yeah. In four years, baby. In four it, years, we got this. Hey, if you're a young hey, guy, you're Pittsburgh getting ice in 06, time. man. I guess I guess that's a good point, Pigeon. If you're a young guy, that means you guaranteed ice time. That too, yeah. Oh, but man, but yeah, I don't I don't hate that deal, but I wouldn't have ever wanted Murray with the Wild at that number. Yeah, uh, Sean Cosgrove, thanks for tuning in, buddy. Uh, why can't the Wild ever draft a goalie as good as uh, Hudobin? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I love sarcasm. Uh and we appreciate your support, buddy. Thanks to everyone tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And, of course, tuning back into the podcast. Um, to Speaking of your boy, Jack Johnson bought out and signed with I'm the so Tech. Uh, you know what? There, I am s- <laughs> there would not have been a team that I thought he would have a better chance in signing with than the, than the New York Rangers. I thought if there was any team that was going to pick up this guy, it was going to be the Rangers. And he signs a one-year deal, a one million. Dude, that's where everybody who has any sort of story or, fa- or like, you know, fame attached to them, even, like, in- infamously, they end up with the Rangers. So Jack Johnson, given his story, given how much, you know, <laughs> how much shit he takes... Of course he ends up with the Rangers at a $1 million cap hit. 1.15. No less. Didn't even get league men. Not league men. 1.15. They That's what I'm saying. Him. Not even league mil- minimum. <clears throat> you know, for me too, like, I'm going to kind of bunch him and another one together that we'll probably hit later on in the list. Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz buried the Penguins. The two of them were very responsible for several games lost because they were complete liabilities on the ice together. And part of that can be attributed to them playing together, but neither of them are the players that apparently people in the league seem to still think they are. Ask Jay Fresh, like both of them. I honestly think that four mil for two years to Washington for Schultz might be worse. But I was just going to say, dude, like is a black hole who, if they do actually give him minutes, it'll be the worst signing. Dude, talk about a guy who literally was like his his entire value was inflated by Malkin and Crosby. Like, let's be honest. You know, he actually played really well the first couple of years that he came to Pittsburgh. Like defensively, I, I I defensively he played, though he played average defensively. He played okay. better than he has the last year or two. I just remember watching him in Edmonton, and that was like the prize guy. You know, didn't resign with Anaheim coming out of college, and it was just such a it was just terrible. He was garbage out there. But yeah, $4 million, two-year deal. I mean, oh, 
this shakes my head because I do like the Washington Capitals. I, I follow them closely. And their defense, though, I mean, they have John Carlson. People may be like, whoa, they have a great defense. What are you talking about? They have defenders who can maybe score points. They don't have a good defensive system at all. I'm glad they re-signed uh, Brandon Dillon because he's at least like a horse on that on the back end. Justin Schultz, not very uh, not very happy about that one. Um, another defender who signed for, I think, still too much money is Kevin Shattenkirk. Sure, he rejuvenated his career to a certain degree with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But shit, man, you're on the Tampa Bay Lightning. No wonder you're going to play well, especially if you're offense first. Um, he signs a three-year deal, $11.7 million, 3.9 cap hit. I'm on the other side of this one. I don't hate really. Him. Yeah, I mean. I don't like him at all, man. I think he's a $2 million player at this stage of his career max. I don't know. Again, you said it. Like, obviously, he played with Tampa, and that's going to skew things. But you saw glimpses of what he was before he left St. Louis. Sure, like, on the power bad, play. Like, he bounced around. He was a journeyman. I mean, yes, he he's definitely more of the offensive guy, but. Look at Anaheim. They've got okay defensive defensemen on that team. That's like, true. If if that's why they're bringing him in is to be that you know first power play guy, whatever, just a guy that can move the puck up the ice because that's where they kind of struggle. I get it. I'm not saying that I love the deal, but I, I don't hate it like you do. Three years. I mean, if it was a one year deal, give him you know three point nine four. Okay, I get it. It's to show me. Can you can you? Can you extend for another two years after that around the similar cap? I'd get that. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced him buried, you know, in the defense and him being a power play specialist. But we'll see. You said it, though. I do like that. And I I, I oversee that because An- Anaheim is garbage these days. But their defense is actually pretty good. Speaking of actually, is a good segue. Former Anaheim defenders who uh, I'd say their entire career... When they reached their height, they were pretty good. There's Lucas Pisa. Uh, he signs a one-year deal with the with the Anaheim, or sorry, not with the Anaheim Ducks, former Anaheim uh, first-round pick. Signs another one-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets. That just goes to show that the Winnipeg Jets still haven't addressed their defense worse shit. If Lucas Pisa still getting minutes in the league, yeah, man. I mean, shit. He was probably pretty close to ending up in Vancouver with the way things are looking. So, oh god, dude. But, I don't no, know what the Canucks are gonna do, man. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. They well, don't have any money for the Dumba, right? Oh man! Well, now shit. Like <laughs> now, I'm kind of going 180 on that. Holy! Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, both teams now that we have Rossi. To be honest, like both teams hated it. I bet both teams love it now. It's crazy how like with a little bit of uh, shakeup, how how you know <laughs> how you can double back on things that we were so at. I was so adamant. If you about. just clip that part, you're gonna get everyone on both sides just screaming at us too. Oh, dude, screaming at me, not you. Um, TJ Brody uh, signs with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, four-year deal, twenty million dollars, a five million dollar cap hit. I think TJ Brody's honestly the winner of uh, free agency. Not that I think he's a he's not a good player. I think he's one of the best skaters actually in the NHL. I think he's a super underrated skater. Um, but five million dollars, it all goes back to this TJ Brody. What the fuck have you done for me lately? You haven't played like a five million dollar player lately, let's be honest. I mean, Brad Brood, I can't wait to bring him on and he'll attest to that for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say with a player like that because again, I've seen bits and pieces of him and he's like you said, he can skate, he can move the puck, he's a good offensive defenseman. Not a huge liability in your own end, but I just don't know enough about his game to know how he's going to progress, being that he's 30 years old and signing a four-year deal. But, you know, it's 
I don't hate it. And it obviously addresses a major need. So Sean Cosgrove, uh, again, thanks for tuning in, buddy. A uh, great question. How does Schmidt, Nate Schmidt, that is getting moved likely at the discount at a discount from Vegas affect Dumba's value if they're shopping him before the season? Could still wait for the deadline, I guess. Sean, I don't think Dumba's getting moved before the season. I think he's uh, if he's getting moved, it's mid-season or at the deadline. And I don't think moving Schmidt devalues Dumba at all. I think everyone kind of recognizes um, you know, the cap crunch that Vegas has right now and that if they want to make some changes and continue to be competitive, they're just going to have to they're going to have to give up in, you know, cap and positionally to, to continue to, to build hobby. I actually really like Nate Schmidt as a player, but it's just oh, not a too. comparison. Like you said there, because of the cap situation for Vegas, obviously everyone knows that you're going to be able to get him for a discount, but also we're talking about a guy that's 29 years old that has a lot of term left on his deal versus a Matt Dumba who is much younger, who has a lot more offensive upside has more growth potential just with his game, and he's only got a couple more years on a deal where you might be able to bang in even further value. So, like, I don't think it impacts Dumba at all. I think it's actually one of those things kind of going back to Washington. Like, if you don't sign Justin Schultz, maybe you can bring Nate Schmidt back, and that does a hell of a lot more for you. Vancouver. Canucks, please bring in because they need speed, you know, to help out this style that they're playing. They need Nate Schmidt on the back end because this guy. You're gonna have everyone yelling, "Oh no, don't help someone in your division to get better!" Like, no, you you absolutely take Nate Schmidt. Are you fucking kidding me? Those people yelling, did you not see what the Vancouver Canucks let happen with the Calgary Flames? (laughs) Like, I know it wasn't via trade, but Jesus Christ, here. Um, Tori Krug signs a seven-year deal. With the St. Louis Blues, good night, Jim Kite to Petriangelo at a $6.5 million cap hit, $45.5 million total deal. You're shaking your head, Hop. You don't like this? You just look like revisionist history. Like, why the fuck did you bring in in Falk? And then forcing yourself to make this move with Krug, which, like, I like him as a player, but just completely different than what they really need. Like, him and Falk basically same player, just Krug is better. Your defense got worse by bringing those two in and letting Petrangelo go, especially when, like, now you've got the issue of trying to figure out what you're going to do with you know, your real big gun there on defense. I I don't know. It's I don't dislike Krug. I think he deserves every cent of that. It's just a weird thing for them to, you know, move on from Petrangelo, bring in intentionally Falk and Krug. I don't like their blue line at all as no. a whole like it could no. certainly be worse but oh yeah for just sure I mean, what they were a couple of years ago like they were a team that i would put on the fringe of top five blue lines and now they're not even close to it in my opinion yeah no you're you're totally right man but how about um, him getting dicked around by the bruins what the fuck dude well i mean it's kind of it's kind of ironic it's kind of funny that like he was dicked around by the bruins obviously basically they offered him a deal i, I believe mid-season or the beginning of the season and then they uh, doubled back and basically said, actually, that's not on the table now. Where Krug's like, what the fuck? And, uh, I mean, look at Petriangelo. I mean, the St. Louis Blues have been dicking him around, too. I don't agree with that, though, man. I think the biggest hang-up for that deal, at least from what I've seen, and obviously, like, Tom Franklin can say way better than I can, but my understanding is that it wasn't, like, that they didn't want to both get a deal done, that they weren't in the same range. He wanted heavy signing bonuses, and they absolutely said no. They put their foot down. They said, organizationally, we don't do that. He's like, oh, I want it. So what are we going to do? 
Yeah, and I mean, and I don't blame him because every other player in the league, you know, prior to this season has had front-loaded bonus contracts. You know, look at agree. fucking John Tavares, right? Yep. Like, holy shit, man! <laughs> like, so I get it. It just, ah, oh, it's it it sucks that you know with with the way the pandemic affected the cap and everything going on right now, and then obviously that the way that that uh, franchise operates. It just sucks that they they couldn't get a deal done. Um, we'll kind of fire through these last ones quick. Andre Burkowski uh, earns a two-year deal worth $9.8 million with the Colorado Avalanche, 4.9. I think that, you know, he had a... a he resurrected his, you know, career a little bit with the with the Colorado Avalanche. These days, who can't? But you know, he played on a third line. He didn't play necessarily with the big boys all year. Um, and I how, always how about the Avs getting Brandon Sod as well? Well, I know, we we kind of addressed that earlier. Like the, the Colorado Avalanche are the real deal in the West right now. They didn't get Hall, and they still are exponentially like improved with just standing pat, keeping the players they needed to, and bringing in a guy like Sod who. Like honestly, he's a perfect middle six guy for a team like that that's trying to make that next step in the playoffs. But well, you could see like Sod and Burkowski on the same line, and like what a complimentary you know duo right there. Add in someone else with skill, and holy shit, you're golden. You're like your third, like that's your third fucking line. No, and I, I mean, you know better than me because you were watching him in Washington. But I didn't even know that he necessarily resurrected his career. I always thought he was a pretty solid player. He just didn't get enough playing time in Washington because he was buried in the depth chart. Uh, I mean, he got yes, yes, and no. Yes, he didn't get a lot of playing time, and as a result, he made too many mistakes when he was out there on limited playing time. He'd make a mistake and then get benched, right? So it was one of those things. He didn't have the opportunity to learn, I really think, and, you know, be given a little bit of rope to be like, okay, like, we know your skill set. And he's an Austrian player, actually. Um, we, we don't know your skill set. You know, we, we know your skill set, but we, you don't have time to develop it or really, like, I don't know, test it with certain lines, certain matchups at the NHL level. Because, what, I think he was 24, 25 when he left to the Avs. So uh, I, I always liked his game as a, as a Cavs fan. Um, obviously, Kuznetsov became the better player. They were kind of the two young guns who were thrust in that lineup around the same time. Um, Kuznetsov, obviously, a way better player, but I always liked oh, Dabrakoski. Yeah. Um, Craig Smith signs with the Bruins, three-year deal, 3.1 cap it. Jordan Greenway with the Minnesota Wild, two-year deal, 2.1 cap it. Uh, let's dig into this one just for uh, a few seconds here. Uh, I still think Greenway is going to be moved. He was an RFA. He needed to be locked up. Um, I think that's within the season, if he comes out of the gate playing well, fine even, they can still fetch a decent return for this guy. Well, no, I think it's perfect scenario too for Billy Guerin. Like, he has very much set the precedent, like just shipped away his best friend on the team and Cunning. Like, he made it very clear, both with the press and behind closed doors, that he was not happy with what happened with Greenway. Well, Donato's gone. Dubnik's right. gone. You know, everybody... Been, well, he's been very vocal, Isha, about, like, this is an awesome place to play. Everyone should love to play here. Fucking show me. Show me that you want to, or yeah. you're fucking gone. And, like, that message is ringing very clearly for him. He knows, like, shit, if I don't figure it out, I can be sent anywhere Garen wants to fucking send me. So he's either going to come out and play and either cement himself in the lineup in the middle six somewhere or make more value to trade him. Or if he doesn't show out this year, he's never going to. So at least, you know, then you can move on and send him off for whatever assets. Someone's always going to think that they can fix him. So, yeah. And you know what I love? Billy Garen, he's doing exactly what he said he would do. He need. he said, we're going to address goaltending. They changed things up. We're, uh, I'm not happy with Donato. Donato's gone. Um, I'm going to get more draft picks. 
Cunning traded for, let's be honest, the, the draft pick was the, the, the key part of that deal. Greenway, that's the next domino to fall. Yeah, he locked him up at a decent deal. And I think, like Donato, this guy on another team could thrive depending on where he slots in, um, how much of a depth player he actually is, maybe on a more competitive team. But in the Minnesota Wild, it's just I just don't think it's working out right now. And I'm sorry, Jody Anderson. Jody, big fan of the show. Uh, we'll bring her back on soon to talk about the Wild and uh, to promote her uh, her book there. Uh, Greenway's her favorite player on, on the Wild, and uh, she understands why it needs to happen, but I know she's a little sad. Much like I am with Troy Stetcher walking and uh, signing That's a two-year... way different deal, man. That's weird. A two-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings, a $1.7 million cap hit, which you think fucking Jim Benning and the Vancouver Canucks could have swung, uh, could have swung there. I was gonna say uh, swang dangled. I don't know, man. Dangled. I heard they offered him one point nine for two years, and he didn't take it. Where'd you hear that? On all over Twitter. Uh, my understanding is that he did not want to stay because Green made it very clear that he was not going to be a top four defenseman. Get the fuck out of here, really? That's just what I was reading, man. Holy shit, again, man. Because you think that Greener would like, like this guy? Because this guy's well, a horse. Too, man. He's a horse, but he saw him as being a bottom-pairing wow. guy, is what I was reading. I don't know how much <sighs> truth there is to it, but you know Vancouver would have given him that deal. And Yeah, no, 100%. You want to go to Red Wing versus Vancouver, but if Eiserman tells you, hey, I want you to be in my top shit, four, man. you go. That's crazy because... I'm almost, I almost agree with Green. Like he's not, he's like fringe top four defender. And oh. I love Troy Stetcher. At, at this point, he's probably top four for you oh, guys. <laughs> yeah, man, no shit. Oh, that's, that's sad, man. Because like, he's a Vancouver boy too. He, uh, he owns a junior B team out, out, um, I believe it's White Rock actually. White Rock, say this fast after the Vino. White Rock Whalers. <laughs> White Rock Whalers. God damn it. White Rock. Uh, cheers to that. Cheers to White Walk. White, White Walk. Rock Whalers. Um, yeah, no, this one's sad because uh, the former uh, North Dakota boy, he, he was my boy. And I remember when he broke out into the league, uh, uh, Dylan and I actually went to a, a Canucks game against the Washington Capitals. I believe it was one of his first or second call-ups. And the guy was buzzing. Like, he was shooting left, right, and center, finding lanes. You know, teams didn't really know anything about him yet. And uh, I just knew, I was like, this guy, he's he's going to be called up and he's and he's going to stay. Uh, Derek Felks uh, comments and says, if Greenway plays like he did last season, how fast do you think Aaron will act to move him? I don't know. If there's a deal pretty quick, he'll make calls. Yeah, if there's a deal, it'll happen quickly. If not, I don't think he's in any rush to do it. It'll happen by the deadline, though, if he's decided that Greenway is not a guy that fits in the lineup. But he doesn't need to move him. It's not like moving two mil off the cap is going to do anything crazy for you. Like, worst case, if he's not playing the way you want, you can bench him. Like, he can be up in the press box, and it doesn't really hurt you. So it, it just comes down to, like Isha said, how quick is someone willing to make a reasonable move? Because I don't think Garen's going to ask for too much to make it happen. No, no, I, I don't think so. Um, Tyson Berry signs with the Edmonton Oilers. This one's interesting because we Take kind one. of all heard rumblings the last few years that this guy was going to get paid. He's going to go for his $8, 9000000 million long-term deal. He ends up signing a one-year deal, taking a pay cut that he chose 
to take going to play with the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid $3.75 million for a one-year deal. Like, let's be honest, this ain't a prove-it-to-me deal. Tyson Berry, he's proved his worth in the league. Everyone knows what he is. Is he an $8 million player? I don't think so. But he's a 5 to $7 million player the way that he... Let's be honest, the way he plays the game, with him being an offensive specialist there on the back end, um, wow, Edmonton sure got a deal this year. You can't help but feel horrible for this guy. Like, this is a guy that was poised to be making center eight. He chose Edmonton, though. Apparently, he had bigger deals. Hang on. The trade to Toronto did not help his case. Like, no. there's no way that you can argue that his Thanks, stock is as high <laughs> as it previously was. But I think his thing is... And this is the argument I've made for Taylor Hall because everyone's freaking out, like, how can this fucking happen? Why would he do this? Okay, he's taking a cheaper one-year deal, which I guess Hall's isn't cheaper, but it's a one-year deal to go out there in the best situation you can find for yourself to put up your best showing for one year. Maybe we have more clarity on what the salary cap's going to be after this season, and he can actually get a long-term deal for a, you know, a decent average annual value. So... Corey and Richie, I throw a curveball here. Um, what would you do if you ran into an 18-foot-long 18, uh, 18 python? I'd be 19 foot, I guess. He said 18.9. And I don't know what I would do. I'd uh, Well, it depends, uh, Corey and Richie. Am I cornered or what? Because if I'm cornered, I'd fight the fucking thing. Fight to, uh, fight to the death, baby. Um, if, I, if I had, you know room if i had road if i had a path to try to outrun it i could probably outrun a fucking python i just become friends with the guy yeah okay whatever <laughs> it would eat you alive pigeon um it was uh discovered in florida i'm not surprised man fucking florida's oh, meth pythons that is why i will not <laughs> live in florida dude oh that man horrible um, yeah, if I was cornered, I'd fight the fucking thing. Let's go, baby. All right, last uh, con- last three I want to talk about here. Um, I mean, we could talk about, like, you know, Montour signing in Buffalo, one-year deal, 3.8. I mean, there's so many one-year and two-year deals. Valerie Niskushin, um with the, the Colorado Avalanche signs a two-year deal. Um, but there are three players in particular. Chris Tanev, Jacob Markstrom, and fucking Louis Domingue all going <laughs> to the Calgary Flames. What the hell is this? Are they gonna are they gonna like bring back Berchi at this point? I mean, fuck, man. The Canucks just got their defense gutted, and Chris Tanev goes to a division rival, Jacob Markstrom to the division rival. I mean, the Louis Erickson special, six by six. Jesus Christ, man. Hey, you can't blame them for the money they got because they weren't gonna get that in Vancouver, nor should they have, just given their you know cap situation. No, and you know I. I don't blame them at all. Chris Tanev, he's a fucking soldier. And a lot, league-wide, especially Minnesota, you Minnesota fans listening, you don't know this, but Chris Tanev, one of the better, you know, defensive, defensive players in the league. This guy is one of the leaders in block shots. Yeah, he gets injured a lot as a result, and his, his body is a little banged and bruised. But this year he showed that, hey, with a little bit more, with advancements in, uh, in 
hockey body armor, which I know for a fact Chris Tanev is one who is one who's using some of the new innovative products out there in Canada. Anyways, with that, with having with playing with someone who, let's be honest, who has the puck on his stick a lot, and Tanev can actually play his positional defensive role. Um, he still thrived in the National Hockey League this year, and I think he will do uh, a, a very good job in Calgary. And, and I think he deserved his four-year extension. That'll be his last big deal in the National Hockey League. It just fucking sucks. Because, again, Stetcher's gone. Tanev's gone. And Jacob Markstrom is gone. And with Tanev and Markstrom being a division rival, and let's be honest, the Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames, I mean, <laughs> we ain't no friends here uh, in the Western Conference. These two teams are notorious for hating each other. Um, if Calgary wasn't the first National Hockey League uh, arena that I ever went to, I'd have a lot more hate for them. But I was telling producer Pigeon uh, behind the scenes here before he jumped on that i kind of fucking hate them now like i used to kind of have i used to have a love a little bit of a, a like a hidden love for the calgary flames now all bets are off man fuck you you took all of our players I, yeah don't hate the players hate the flames <laughs> where's the boom boom <laughs> uh but louis Domingue, i mean cherry on top he had to steal our backup backup like what the fuck calgary yeah. the team baker the team well, baker yeah apparently he was you know he was baking up donuts and and cookies for the boys in the bubble my understanding is you're not likely to bring Toffoli back either, right? Oh, I didn't even like watch Toffoli's gonna sign in Calgary and I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That would be watch. good. Hopefully Brad Brood's on the show when it happens, because that would the, be hilarious. The one unsigned guy though that's really intriguing to me now that we saw that deal for Taylor Hall, I wanna know where and I wanna know how much money for Hoffman. Oh that's yeah. the big name that's Wherever he goes, he's probably going to get overpaid, but I don't even hate it because the dude can fucking score like a lot of people can't. Like as far Honestly, as being an unheralded player, like he's a very underrated goal scorer. I could see him one-year deal, seven or even eight million dollars too, with a team that can pay him. What right, team but I can could pay him going long term for five or six? He's going back to Ottawa. Oh man! <laughs> could Ottawa you imagine? Happens. Nope, nope, nope. San Jose Sharks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are three the million that had it for like all of 10 minutes yeah well San Jose have three million dollars in cap space they ain't signing anyone no. but maybe big joe maybe at like hey. a league minimum um anyways i think we've exhausted this segment enough uh thanks to world hockey report uh they chimed in with the laughing uh emojis when i was going off about calgary and vancouver uh they're they're good friends of the network and i mean i've jumped on the radio show before we go way back to stick and rink days so uh shout out the boys at the world hockey report um folks you can find myself on twitter at vi sports talk obviously uh, the state of hop here at state of hop you can find them on instagram too uh posting some great pictures of, of beers uh, all around um and of course the soda pod at the soda pod we have some poll questions we'll dive into uh before we wrap things up here at the end of the show um and the best thing you can do for us today is rate and review the network and the soda pod and any any other shows you like on the hockey podcast network even if the review is ridiculous five stars uh we want to hear about you know what you like to drink, uh, what's your favorite hockey player, anything. I mean, like we said, it could be ridiculous. You can even chirp us. Just give us those five stars. We don't care on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It helps us, uh, well, stay on top of the sports charts. Um, let's get into our final segment before we run down the poll questions. It's kind of a fun one here on episode 91 of the Soda Pod. Um, what are the best uh, late 90s, early 2000 shows that that you enjoyed Uh 
when you were growing up in that time, much like the state of Hoppy and myself. Uh, we'll run all that down, and we'd love to hear your opinions too live if you're tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you're tuning in on the podcast, uh, just send us uh, send us a message or comment on Twitter because we want to hear it as well. Last segment of the Soda Pod, episode 91 on the other side. I mean, wasn't Power Rangers like fucking late 80s, early 90s anyways? Like It was earlier 90s, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, and it was garbage. I do like Renegades, by the way. <laughs> All right. All right, let's start off this list. I thought it would be a fun one uh, here today inspired by uh, <laughs> that clip that Pigeon put together there. Wow. Uh, never uh, never a dull moment here on the Soda Pod if you're tuning in uh, live anyways. On the podcast, you just got to hear a, a banger there. Um, so... I don't, I don't know. These are the first three that came to mind, so I don't necessarily rank them as, like, the top three, but these are the three that I remember, I don't know, fucking enjoying and always, like, primetime viewing as a kid, always, like, making sure that when, when this was live on TV and I knew it, whipping out the TV guide, uh, I would highlight it, uh, that I was tuning in for these. But there's obviously, like, an endless list, and I'm sure uh, our listeners and those tuning back in on the podcast and here, Hoppy, are going to remind me and maybe even grill me for some better ones out there. Um, up here in Canada, I don't know if, if you folks saw this in the States, but it was huge on YTV up here in Canada, uh, Reboot. Do you guys remember that one growing up? So it was an it was like a Callwood-ass animated series about, uh, about a computer, an early computer where, like, all the characters were like part of a mainframe. Um, and like the main character was like an antivirus program who would always have to like fight bad guys and shit. There was a, a virus that like hung out in like outside the city um, named, uh, I think it was Megabyte and Hexadecimal were like the viruses. And what was cool about the show is every time someone loaded up an old floppy disk game, a, like a big game bubble would come in and the, the user um, or, or the, the, yeah, these guys, Bob, Dot, and uh, Enzo there. Uh, they would have to actually uh, go into the game, become characters, and then fight the user, which was the, obviously the person playing the game. And that's how um, that's how they kept their system running smoothly was actually beating the user in games. And uh, anyways, long or the short of it, uh, it was a comedic show, and uh, I actually met one of the comedy writers who wrote in a few like um, other movie parodies to the show. Like they they worked in. Uh, uh, there's like there's an endless list of like Christmas specials and other like stereotypical like Home Alone themes into one. I'm um, like guitar battles from whatever. Oh, fuck, I think it was called Crossroads when Steve Vai uh, played the Karate Kid. They had like a. a Anyways, they worked in a ton of different like spoofs and stuff like that uh, into the show, and uh, I don't know. I su- I really enjoyed it as a kid. And I remember rewatching it as an adult. I didn't realize it was only like two seasons and a movie special, and half the jokes I got as an adult that I didn't even like you know, didn't even understand as a kid. And, uh, I, the writer actually did a lecture at my university. Oh, you had reboot in the States. There you go, Sean. Um, uh, one of the writers for some of my favorite episodes, I think like 20 out of like, I think it was just under a hundred episodes. Uh, he was super pumped that I actually like knew about the show and was like singing his praise when he came and did a lecture. So, uh, so reboots there on my list, uh, Futurama. I know you're familiar with that Futurama. One of the most underrated, you're not familiar with Futurama. either. Well, I'm familiar. I don't like it. Really? Oh, I thought that would be right up your alley, man. That Amen, was one of, brother. A lot of Amen. people think that. I just man. I, it doesn't work for me. 
Bender, like you don't. Oh man, I thought you'd be. I thought you'd you'd love that. Bender is like the redeeming quality of it. But okay, okay, fair. Couldn't enough. get into it. Fair enough. Um, I absolutely love Futurama. It was one of those where like my parents didn't know that it was like a teen show, so when I was younger, I could get away with watching it. Um, they, the yeah, well, they quickly caught on on Family Guy when there was an episode of one of the members of the Taliban uh, talking about eating people. Um, my dad was not happy about that one. Um, and then Survivor. It means stands the test of time from the first episode where walking to fucking um, wa- walking to like elimination, you know, people are breaking their feet to now with like the crazy endless drama and the guy who won the last season literally hid in a tree for like six hours gaining information and then like blew it up when it came to tribal. Um, I-, I absolutely love the show and, you know, hoppy bets on sports. I bet on sports uh, to a certain degree as well, but I make my money and lose my money respectively in my survivor pool. So there you go. Those, those are my three. Uh, quick honorable mentions. This is like mid-2000s. Uh, fucking Operation Repo on OLN. Oh my fuck. That show is unbelievable. And, uh, and Boy Meets World. I fucking love Boy Meets World. Uh, I, was, I had the biggest crush on... Oh, I forget her name now off the top Topanga. of my head. But yes. Oh my god. I'm not a fan of Boy Meets World. I never understood why people liked that. But I, well, I respect the Survivor pick. Like, yeah. It, I have no grudge towards it it's just like i'd rather watch like a sitcom or something but especially if you're betting on it like i dude if you have money on board a survivor 100%. well it's one of those things where like we ha- we hosted a whole night where and like dylan actually lived together and he got to see it first and we like friends come over we got like a ton of like uh beers we got fucking chips candies dinner whatever and we like fucking had survivor night and then when it was like because it never told you you know we don't have the tv guides anymore so you don't you're not really uh you don't have a heads up for when it's like the two hour special and when it was i mean holy shit one of us would grab run to the liquor store grab another case of beer get some more money going you know some side deals and cash in the living room and uh no it was a good day it was it's a good time Fair. no season no season right now because they couldn't film due to covid usually they film right. two back to back so we're one behind right now covid's ruining everything my realistically if they're all in like an island couldn't they just quarantine and then well that's what they're doing now but in the height of it when every when the pandemic broke out that's when they were actually supposed to start filming so they just didn't want to fly anyone anywhere they kind of just shut the whole production down yeah Um, well before i jump in on some of my comments for this at first minnesota vikings are up 13-0 at half on seattle seahawks makes no no sense that makes no sense I'm sure Seattle's going to come back and win, but for now, Vikings fans, be excited. Um, Also, Isha, did you mention at the beginning the caveat to this list? No, I didn't. Okay, well, it's very important. Uh, Isha told me that I could not pick South Park or Simpsons, so those will be on my list. That's very important. Simpsons, South Park, and uh, and Family Guy put on this list. Now, I'm not a huge Family Guy person. I'm not either. I I respect it, don't get me wrong, and I like the earlier seasons. Like, don't like... Fucking the joke with the Taliban talking about bringing in, uh, what was it, coleslaw. It's made out of people. Just kidding. Yeah, my dad was not happy about that one. Like, I kill myself watching those. But the newer ones, I don't know. Uh, just the first couple seasons were really funny, and then it just got super repetitive for me, and I lost interest. You and know? too many musical numbers. Like, just yeah. too much. Like, some are hilarious. Some even go too far. Like, oh, man, like the doctor's... Uh, telling the, like <laughs> telling the patient that he has AIDS, and they did the whole, like, number to that, like... 2020 probably too far even for tv these days but fuck man like there are a few of them where that were so funny jinx we're losing for sure now said uh sean cosby yeah, like i have that kind of power the vikings were already gonna lose themselves 
Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I'm not an NFL guy. I support the Seahawks only because I'm on the West Coast. BC Lions, CFL all day, every day, baby. Let's go. We don't even have a season right now, but let's go. <laughs> Man. Well, I've got five here that one of them will come with a caveat because I haven't really watched all of it. I just started it recently because I had enough people yell at me that I hadn't seen it. And so far, it's pretty good. But for me, the the big ones, I was absolutely obsessed with that 70s show. Oh, that was hilarious. You know what? That should have made my list because that's the that's one of the goats for me too. Loved it. That was like kind of the first sitcom I ever watched because before that I like wasn't super into TV shows like that. Like I just watched like little quick hitters and didn't yeah care. yeah. Loved that '70s show. Honestly, Hoppy, that's the best sitcom that that was ever made in my opinion. Like I think it goes up with some of like the class. Like some people throw up Friends. Some people throw uh, up um, like Married with Children too. But I like that '70s show more. Yeah, like Married with Children, some people say is up there as well. This is for me, like I was a huge Friends person. I have all the DVDs. Um, and when I and I didn't get into that 70s show until I was honestly <laughs> this is good. Until I started hip, hitting the hippie lettuce. Then I actually understood the show. No, I didn't start <laughs> watching the show until I was like honestly 24. And when I did, I was like, the light bulb went off, and I was like, this is honestly, I enjoy watching this more than Friends. Like, I think and Seinfeld too. Seinfeld's up there with me as well, but it's yep. that 70 shows better. And uh, just Red is the fucking man, dude. Red, and I mean, you, Ashton Kusher just kills it on oh, that show too. <laughs> He's just too good. He is. Oh man, I, honestly, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it again. I rewatch it probably once a year, like in really. I the used last... to. I haven't for a while just because there's like too many new shows out now that I like want to try. So like, I don't really circle back to shows as much. I, I always go back. I, I watch it all the time. I always go back to the seasonal specials because I think that seventy show had the best Halloween, had the best Christmas ones. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Thanksgiving. they were all pretty good. Oh man, the one where fucking Fez dresses up in, in drag and they're like they think that uh that the that the Bob was killing uh Midge. Like oh my god, man, so funny. I could talk about that for the next three hours. So Dude, we'll, we we'll could, move on from that seventy show. Honestly, Hoppy, we should just do a straight up Patreon that seventies tribute because I could go okay. down the rabbit hole, man. Easily. I, All right, yeah, yeah. let's move on. Um, so you already hit on Friends, which again is one that I would put up in that echelon. Um, Seinfeld too, but like that's one that was kind of like everyone either loved it or hated it. Like there wasn't much middle ground for it. Yeah, like, Friends has shows, a middle ground. Right. Like friends, there's people that can casually watch it. Seinfeld, you either love it and you'll like fight people over the fact that it's the best show or you're like, no, this isn't my show. And I was well, the I, same with Curb, it, right? Huh? It's the same with Curb Enthusiasm. It's exact yeah, same, exact true. same thing. True. Um, so that one. Um, but then the, the big ones for me then are uh, some of the early HBO giants. The Ooh. Wire. Absolutely. Yes. It's a good Entourage, one. No question. And then. This one's going to probably catch me some flack from anyone that doesn't know, but I am somewhere in the second season right now of The Sopranos. Didn't oh, you haven't seen The Sopranos until didn't now? Watch originally. Dude, unbelievable show, eh? Yeah, dude, my buddy that I told you about that's like the total foodie that lives in my neighborhood, like he like is obsessed with Sopranos with like Goodfellas, like all that kind of nice. stuff is like right in his wheelhouse and he finally shit. like made me watch Sopranos, so I just told him fine. If you want to come over and like drink whiskey, I'll watch it with you. Otherwise, nice. so, like that's why <laughs> that's it's taking us, like we're only like a season and a half in because like he keeps on saying like, dude, did you keep watching? I'm like, no, you didn't come back over. He's like, just watch it without me. I'm like, no, I can't do that. It's better with whiskey and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, that's an unbelievable show. Um, I didn't watch it till probably four or five years ago. Uh, Entourage is is legendary. Um, it's, it's it's kind of funny because obviously in this day and age, it's in the year twenty twenty. This show obviously probably wouldn't air anymore, or you know, it just wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been what it was back then. Should I, I play some Ari Gold clips? Oh, please play some Ari Gold clips. Play every single one of them. Because Ari Gold is one of the best fictional characters oh, he's, ever. Yeah, no, he's ever in my top written. five list for TV characters. And he's based Great. off a real person, too, which is insane. Yeah. Um, what I loved about that show, and furthermore, when the movie came out, was when uh, actually uh, producer Pigeon and I were reading the reviews for the movie. They were just like terrible reviews. Like, it's... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably uh, chauvinistic. It's it's inappropriate. They they do this and this and that. And I was like, it reminds me of the old show. Not to say the old one was chauvinistic or sexist or anything like that. It was just like these you know crazy critics going out of being like it's 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 anti this like 2020 soft you know culture blah blah. blah. And I was like, this is exactly what I hoped the Entourage right. movie would be, which, would, never which seen was a just single episode, Isha. You know exactly, right? which was just an extension of the show. It was just like a like, longer episode. Where did it even come from? Like there was no plot. Like they expected me to just know what was going on. Yeah, because they had fucking eight seasons of a show and you didn't watch any of it. Yeah, and I remember reading all those reviews. Exactly what you said too. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. There's no character development. It's like, it's literally like the ending. It's like the end of you know an era of of TV. And a lot of people rag on the last few seasons of Entourage. I I still liked it to be I honest. I liked it. Still. I liked it because there was character development. It's like these guys can't be mid twenties twenty year olds partying forever. And you saw the character right. development even in Vince, right? Who was the star who just fucked everything. Yeah, they had everyone. The sorry. Like I'm pretty sure it's pretty widely agreed, and maybe you don't agree, but, like, season four was really the only season I didn't enjoy. That was, like, the peak, like, low of lows. Like, they're, like, trying to make Medellin, and, like, they go down that rabbit hole. Like, there was just a stretch of, like, half a season in there somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it was part of the fourth season. I liked I it again, like, though. This is kind of not that great. I liked it because it was real. It, it was great. I liked it because it was real. I know that show was kind of an escape. It was kind of like distorted, you know, Marky Mark and his boys on steroids, which is what the show was. But it showed that like, you know, you, you're not always on top in this kind of like the darker side of Hollywood. And again, in a very playful comedic show. Um, I, I liked it, you know, head to toe, start to finish. Uh, again, Ari Gold. Um, uh, oh, fuck. Who's the guy who plays uh, E and, and Johnny Drama? Ah, uh, Yeah. Both Connelly. of them, are yeah, Kevin Connolly and oh, I forget the guy who played uh, jo Drama, but he's one of the best. I don't remember actors. the actor's name, but I think Johnny Drama is a very underappreciated victory. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, honestly, you know what's funny is like it's a it's a hilarious. I bring up my mom a lot because like she she watches a lot of film and like she's a movie buff. And um, I remember <laughs> I even got her watching some of Entourage because he's one of her favorite actors from other movies and shit that oh, he's shit. done. Oh, okay. So I thought it was hilarious. She watched, like, the first two seasons, then it was like, I just don't like Ari Gold. And I was like, fair enough, Mom. Like, <laughs> Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon, yes. Actor. And he has a podcast now, um, working with uh, Kevin Connolly, actually, uh, with his new podcast network. So go check it out. I think it's out. called The Victory Podcast. The Victory Podcast, yeah. He, awesome. And he had uh, the Entourage Boys on, like, one of the last episodes. It's awesome, man. You think, like, man, <laughs> he's an unbelievable storyteller. We'll just we'll just put it that way. Um yeah, that it's a great show. Um, do you have any more honorable mentions or any anything hoppy? I knew this segment would would stem off some great conversation here. No, I mean those we hit on the big ones. Like obviously at South Park, I'll talk about for days. But yeah. I dig that, that you like Friends, though. We finally oh, no. have a show in common. <laughs> we have we have other shows in common. We just I know seventy show apparently, and yeah, really everything that I brought up apparently you like. But 
I'm sure we have other shows. I, I, I may throw I'll in a couple. All right, Pigeon, Pigeon, <laughs> chime in here. What do you like? Recess. How could you oh, overlook shit. the classic that is Recess? Yeah, no, I, it's a shame. Recess, Recess was good. Another one. I don't know how well this one aged, but Malcolm in the Middle. Eh, Malcolm in the Middle. I, I haven't rewatched it. You know what I mean? But I remember liking it when I was younger. And there's some shows you can go back and watch and be like, "Okay, hey, I, I respect the corniness of this because it was a kid show." I don't, I don't know about Malcolm. It, it brought us Walter White, though. It did. It, true, it did. It did. But yeah, that was one that, like, if it was on, like, I wouldn't rush to change the channel, but I would, like, wouldn't go out of my way to watch it either, kind of Fuck. thing. Is this show? Uh, oh yeah, Red Green was Canadian. Do you guys have yeah. Red Green down there? Fuck, no, do you no, remember no. the Red no, Green show? We might have it down here. I didn't watch it. Fuck, what know, about um, Home Improvement? Did you guys have Home Improvement? With fucking Tim that, Allen? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't a fan either, but I know that one was on for a long time. Okay, one more Canadian classic that uh, started in the mid-2000s uh, was Kenny versus Spenny. Did you guys, did you guys ever watch that? that? You told have me you, about that one before. You haven't watched that, eh? Nope. Fuck, I know some of the listeners out in Minnesota have seen this because, like, it, it got huge and it had a huge American cult following as well. If you haven't heard of it, uh, check out... Just go on YouTube, uh, Kenny Hots or Kenny versus Spenny. Kenny Hots is kenny of kenny versus spenny um when their showcase deal got nixed he took all the episodes and put them on youtube and you can go and rewatch the show season one and two are always the first seasons are, are legendary because a little bit more raw this show's so fucked up and so canadian you all will love it in minnesota trust me i know you type you will absolutely love it it's it's insanity it's insanity i got one more all right, right one more one more at you arrested development oh fuck that was super hit or miss for me, man. Like some episodes I thought were hilarious and some I'm like, why am I watching? This? Well, it was, a, it, it just hit me quick. It was only like two se- two or three seasons, right? Before it was next. I think it was, yeah, four maybe. But okay, like, but like before Netflix, in, in before Netflix. Season, I could go episode to episode loving and hating the show. Like there was not much middle ground for me. Fuck. I know we're missing a bunch too, eh? Like I know we're oh, missing okay. a few shows and I hope the listeners can highlight them uh, who re-listen to the podcast. Early 2000s, Hell's Kitchen, I tell you. <laughs> oh, are we going like, wait, we could have a whole sub-segment for, for like trash TV, right? And and reality shows, because like Tila Tequila would be up there. All right, four-hour show, let's go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tila Tequila was the most trash thing I've ever seen on MTV, ever. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, I know Elijah and the boys of the Stick and Rink podcast will want to dive into that when I join them. And I'm actually going to the mainland in a couple weeks here, either next weekend or the weekend after. Um, we're going to, I'm going to, like, we're going to basically do two sub things of content, Hoppy, and hopefully we can bring you along for the ride too. But if not, we'll bank it. But I'm going to basically write out my script as like soda pod style questions to interview them. And then they're going to interview me as if it was like a stick and rink interview. So two vastly different types of interview. We're going to get some video content. Um, they're going to show me around. Unfortunately, we can't go to the Roxy due to, you know, COVID-19, the Roxy's the infamous, uh, the infamous greasy club there in Vancouver that Josh just fucking loves apparently. And anyways, um, but it's going to be a fun time and I'm excited for that. And I definitely will get into some trashy TV. Cause I know they're like, they did the whole bachelor report during the off. I don't want to say off season during the COVID break anyways. And I have to say, I don't watch that shit. I'm not that much of like a trash TV television guy, but 
they made it they made it funny to listen to anyways when they were running it down so i can't wait to dive into all that stuff with them and more uh thanks to everyone tuning in on soundcloud spotify and apple podcast folks the best thing you can do for us this week like i said is give us five stars and rate and review the show on itunes and apple podcast i mean your your ratings and reviews they help us more than anything ladies and gentlemen they just get us on the sports charts they get more people seeing our podcasts when they go to chartables when they check out you know when they look up sports hockey or whatever on their podcast app and we really really appreciate it shit the more reviews the more five stars we get the more giveaways we'll do and and random drops to to those who like answer funny questions and reviews and whatnot so just get on there we need a little bit more support in that uh in that category we're sending out the bat signal um as always go check us out on patreon one dollar gets you past the paywall uh some of our affiliates on the network are going to start doing some regular blogging i'm going to get my blog series back up and running here and we also have extra content in the after hours and uh well and shit i guess hoppy and i are going to do a fucking that's 70 show episode so to get past the the paywall it's one dollar and if you want to donate further you'll be rewarded with some uh some rotating swag right now we're, we're right at the end of the covid cup swag uh we have some cups stickers hoodies uh we will uh we'll, we'll dish out our next line of thpn merch if you uh decide to uh well donate a little bit more and support the network all donations go to the affiliates uh, we'll rally up the donations for season one or even carry them out for season two and dish them out for, for the affiliates. All the hosts, um, Dylan and I, here at the network, we don't dip our feet into that pool at all. So only Hoppy here on the Soda Pod will get a, we'll get a, we'll get a bit of that, uh, a bit of your donations there. And we really appreciate it. Again, the Hockey Podcast Network, or sorry, patreon.com slash the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, go uh, check out our friends at uh, Puck Support Foundation. It's a foundation that helps out players who are suffering with mental illness, addiction, or anything else off the ice. Um, the foundation has already been helping uh, so many players since its inception earlier this year. And obviously, the network uh, supports them. So go check them out, puckfoundation.com. As always, you can follow myself at VI Sports Talk, the Soda Pod. Um, at Hockey Pod Net and State of Hoppy, uh, the producer of the show, hitting switches and controls. Producer Pigeon, how's it going, man? Thank you very much. Producer underscore Pigeon on Twitter. Um, you got anything else, Hoppy? Before we wrap things up here? No, just go Vikings. I know they'll probably end up blowing this in typical Minnesota Viking fashion, but. Hopefully they can hold on here. That's all I, I got. That's that's quite the fall. I mean, you say Minnesota fashion. I'm not necessarily familiar with Minnesota fashion and, and falling, but hey, it's halftime. I, they look pretty good. Yeah, I'll let other people explain to you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair it goes enough. pretty deep. Fair enough. Well, I guess uh, just to finally uh, to piss off the rest of those listening, go Seahawks! Signing off, I'm Isha, alongside the State of Hoppy producer Pigeon. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, brother? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer, or vino in this case. Happy Canada, or <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to all you Canadians, and stay wild. <laughs> <laughs>